Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Roots Podcast. I am your host, Sean Pitcher. Today we are very lucky to have on Brent Hurd. Brent comes to us with over 20 years of experience in sales, partnership, media, social media. Um, I think he's going to bring us a wealth of knowledge on a variety of different topics today, and especially how it correlates with athletics and monetization and social media and business and how those things are going to be kind of transforming as we kind of go on to, into the future. Brent, thanks for coming on today. Man, thanks so much, Sean, for having me. Awesome to be here. Love what you're doing. And uh, and let's rock and roll. All right. So first thing I start with every single person before we go into anything is, who is Brent Hurd? <laughs> Man, God, that's a good one. <laughs> um, so I... Uh, who is Brent Hurd? Brent Hurd is a uh, a father of three little boys, uh, Sammy, Dylan, and Brody, 13, 11, and 6. Uh, husband, husband first, to my beautiful wife, uh, Carolina. Um, and uh, who am I? I'm a father, husband, provider, um, and I've, uh, from a career perspective, um, have been in the media technology space for most of my career, uh, started actually with Yahoo way back in the day when Yahoo was a decent brand. Um, I was an early employee for Yahoo starting in New York city, um, and, uh, and moved on from Yahoo to, uh, another startup called advertising.com, which was acquired by AOL, uh, and then in 2010, I opened up the Twitter offices here in Atlanta. Twitter was about 150 people. We were a startup at the time. And um, and we scaled that business from about 150 people to about 4,000, from about 10 million in revenue uh, across the board to about two and a half billion in revenue uh, over about a five-year time frame. And so I um, I joined over time... Uh, about eight months ago, uh, and I joined, uh, I actually had worked, uh, a former colleague of mine from Twitter um, uh, was here at Overtime uh, running the U.S. sales team. And so um, so now my remit is I oversee the our partnerships and, and sales efforts uh, here in the Southeast. So if that gives you a great scope for the audience, I mean, he's worked since AOL, which everyone, if if whatever age you are, if you remember instant messenger, AOL, like connecting up, like the very start in the very beginning, he's been there since it began. And now he's at the yeah. point where it's more, I'm sure, drastically over the last 20 years. Um, so kind of the first topic I want to want to ease into is, you know, what does the f future of business look like? And how do you develop a community when it comes to media to be able to raise those funds or dollars or be able to build essentially a company? as big as you have in sure. some of your instances? Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a great question. You know, it's been interesting how the entire thing has evolved because if you think about, uh, you know, obviously the, the, the initial sort of push into digital in the early, early days, uh, like dot-com crash type of days. And, you know, essentially what you saw is you saw these digital platforms just being built as a whole. And, uh, you know, these digital platforms, whether it be, you know, Yahoo, AOL, all these kind of large, you know, these were large communities at the time. And at the time, these were communities that were built 
within the platforms that uh, that sort of they lived. So, you know, you think if you were in AOL, you lived in AOL. If you were in Yahoo, you were in Yahoo. Um, and as time has gone and technology has evolved, you know, I guess that, I don't know, probably six, seven years ago, um, I actually, this, the, this guy that I, uh, would, we've done a few deals together. He's a pretty famous dude. His name's Gary V and <laughs> Gary V, um, uh, he used to speak about social media as, and he, what he would say is he would say, you know, social media is really your new network. It's your new ABC, NBC, CBS. And as a guy who grew up with network TV, I can, I sort of, you know, it's a, able for me to see the, the analogy there. And now what's happening in business as a whole. And when I mean business as a whole, I mean, holistically large businesses uh, think you could think overtime, you could think Oracle, you could think SAP, you could think Home Depot, you could think Coca-Cola. All of these brands are now focused on building their own distribution within social media. So all of these brands now invest in, they have social media managers, they have social media creatives, they have social media designers, um, all focused on building out, let's just use Home Depot, the Home Depot social presence, right? And they'll buy social uh, paid media. They will create, they'll have people who are creating content. Um, and all the while, then, so so think about that. And then you think of like a business like Overtime. Overtime has essentially built a community through social media, a community of 75 million followers, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, uh, and other. Um, and then at the same time has built this amazing league and creates a ton of content that is then distributed inside of these social networks to these 75 million people and then is monetized in one way through advertisers. So we go out to the advertising community. They then sponsor things that are within the social media uh, presence. Um, and that's how uh, one of the ways that overtime uh, monetizes its business. What's interesting is, is that what's happening now, this trend that I keep seeing over and over is this trend around solopreneurs and solopreneurs is an individual who has a unique uh, expertise in a certain area. Uh, and those people are using the same model meaning they are building their distribution on social media, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, YouTube. They're creating content. They're putting that content out into uh, those distribution pipes. And then they're monetizing in a variety of ways. In some cases, they're monetizing the same way. They're having advertisers come in, spend money within their distribution pipes. In other areas, they're monetizing through digital products. But it's this 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 large uh, uh, trend that's happening of building out distribution using social media, creating content to flow to that distribution, and then to monetize through partnerships and or your own digital products. And so, to me, that's what that's what the evolution has happened today. And I think we're in the very early early innings of that. Uh, and I think you look back in five years 
And I think you see a large percentage of experts in certain areas creating their own distribution, their own monetization. Uh, and I think that's kind of where we're heading uh, from business as a whole, quite honestly. I know. And it's crazy to see now you have people that are literally, their job is just YouTube and making videos and they get a certain amount of followers and then they get monetized and they can be self-sufficient at home on their computer doing stuff like this on a day in day out basis. And then I'm, I'm yeah. sure like most people, the hope is get to a point where you can retire early. You have a certain amount of money that you can not have to work until you're 60, 70, 80 years old, and you can actually enjoy the other yeah. half or other part of your life. So what, what are some of the essentially then steps to like, one, creating a community or even starting to create content? Because, I mean, you said, you know, 75 million followers for overtime, and I'm sure that's not easy to get that many followers. I mean, some sometimes it's hard to just that's get right. a couple thousand in general. So what's maybe like a quick blueprint or rundown on like, how would you, where would you even start from if someone wanted to do something like that? Yeah, well, so I think the first thing to think about is, is like, so, and, and you just started to talk about it because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a really big believer in, so, so why, why is this happening? Like, what is the, what's the why behind it? Why, why are people, why is this, why is this trend happening? And I think, so it was happening prior to COVID and then COVID happened and it accelerated this trend. And so what does it lead to? What is it, first of all, what does it give people? Like, what does it give back to people? It gives back to people, in my opinion, this level of fulfillment because you are tapped into your expertise, what I like to call, what I like to call your seed of greatness. Let's see. Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. am, I having, am I having an issue here? No, I can hear you. You can hear me. Can you yep. see me? Yeah, I can see you. You're good to go. Okay, cool. Um, apologies. My computer is uh, causing some issues here. Um, so what I was saying was, was that people are uh, absolutely utilizing, uh, why, why are they utilizing this, this strategy because people want to be tapped into this um, this level of fulfillment. And what is fulfillment looking like these days? It's looking like you being able to talk about the thing that you are uniquely qualified to teach the world. And one of the things I would talk to people a lot about is, is I ask them that question. What is the thing that you are uniquely qualified to teach teach people, teach a, a, a group of people, a mass of people. And in a lot of cases, um, that answer is what is the thing that then gives them the ability to go teach these individual topics. Like for you, uh, teaching about nutrition and teaching about um, all of the things that keeps your body well. Other people have all of these different expertise. You know, I, I like talking about this particular, you know, the, the sort of business uh, aspect of things. Um, and so it, it, it really, uh, fills this level of fulfillment for people, number one. And then number two, building a community. It's like, at the end of the day, we're all social creatures and we all crave connection. So building your own community gives that level of connection to people in the sense of then teaching what you are uniquely qualified to teach, to a group of people, and that's creating community, which really is creating connection and trust. And then 
the final piece, it's like this, this is like the new um, Maslow's hi hierarchy. The final piece is, yeah, like you can create your own financial independence. And if you can create your own financial independence this way, uh, why wouldn't you do it? If it's who you are, if it's your unique seed of greatness, if it's what you are qualified to teach, uh, and then you can support yourself, your life, your family, and and other people. Now it takes a lot to do it, um, and so you know one of the questions you ask is is what's you know what are the steps? And and I'll tell you what the steps are. So number one is really it's it's that question of what am I uniquely qualified uh, to talk about, teach, um, really teach, like what information have I accrued over my life, school, business, whatever it may be, where, you know, there's this, there's this thought of like, what, what 10,000 hour rule, uh, have I achieved? What have you done for 10,000 hours that you are so good at that you could teach people the ins and the outs? So that's like number one. Number two is, okay, now that I know that that's me, uh, where can I begin to talk about this? Um, would that be, you know, videos on Instagram, videos on YouTube, um, uh, written form on Twitter, or a combination of all. So it's creating the, what is your distribution strategy? So then you're like, what am I most comfortable with? And in a lot of cases, you're going to have to get uncomfortable, by the way. Um, but what kind of appeals to you most? Does does Instagram appeal to you just as a human? Does Twitter appeal to you? Well, those two platforms appeal to you. Maybe take on those two platforms and then set out individual goals. So, you know, then your question is, okay, how big of a community do I want to build? So I want to build a community of 10,000 people. Okay, cool. And I want to do that in a year. Well, then let's work back on a monthly basis and think to ourselves, if we want to build a community of 10,000 people over a 12-month period of time, that means we need to add approximately 1,000 followers a month. So if we need to add 1,000 followers a month, what are we doing every day for 30 days to get to that number? And if it's 1,000 a month, then it's 30 a day or 35 a day. What are you doing every day to drive the, that followership? And then, the, so then the, the, the answer really is, Am I creating? You got to be a creator. Am I creating? Am I commenting? Am I engaging in the social media platforms that I want to create a community in? So that's like kind of biggest, biggest sort of foundational pillar. Um, number one, I'll stop there and see if you have any questions. Then I'll go on to kind of two and three. Yeah. So a couple of things I want to kind of go off of there is, is there a magic number that you have to hit to monetize? Yeah. Is it 50, yeah, is it hundred is like, is it, you have to get in the millions? Like, like what, what is that like range you have to get in to be able to like make it worthwhile for maybe even someone to transition to their job being this, to make it worth it. Or maybe like they're doing the main job, but they're doing this on the side. Like, what is that? So the main thing that you want to think about in building a community is, is it's yes, obviously building the quantity because you're going to put a goal out in front of yourself, mm. but more than anything, it's building a quality community, a community of qualified people that actually care about what it is that you are talking about. And so, um, you know, yes, I talk about these numbers, but the truth of the matter is, is if you have a qualified community of a thousand people 
versus an unqualified community of 20,000 people, you are you have a much richer business. And so then your question is, well, how do I do that? It's all about you. It's all about how you come across. It's all about um, them really getting to know the authentic you, the, the fun guy, the interesting guy, the business guy, the, um, you know, the philosophical guy, you know, meaning or gal, whoever you are. Um, but there's going to always be a core thing that you're talking about. Like you, you know, you're talking about food and, and diet and nutrition. Um, and so a thousand people who are trying to figure out their food, diet and nutrition are going to be much more qualified as people in your community. And then by the way, like, you know, a lot of people think to themselves, and I, I've seen a lot of this is, you know, once I can get a community of X, I can just monetize right out of the gates. You don't necessarily need to think that way. You could actually think about this in the sense of, you know, building a community of people that need the help that I can serve them with gives you then the ability to hear from the community to say to you, hey, actually, it would be really cool if you could show me uh, why you choose organic uh, you know, steak over non-organic steak. Meaning like, and, and the community is then going to give you ideas as to then how you, how you go and monetize. So is there a magic number? I mean, I think like people talk about, you know, 20 to 50,000 followers, and then, you know, you can start to bring in, uh, you know, sponsors or, you know, advertisers. Uh, but I think that's kind of like a, a bare minimum, but there's, again, there's two sides of it. It's, it's quality of community. And then it's, uh, you know, yes, there's always going to be size and scale, uh, but once you build quality community, I think you get to size and scale. Yeah. And I really like that you're starting off with that first and foremost, because being honest, being truthful, knowing who you are and getting out information that's coming from you, that's real information backed by research and coming from a professional that actually has the degrees to be able to dispose that information to the community or to the people that you're going to is, is super important just because I'm sure you can see from your perspective, whether it's business, I see it from my perspective from nutrition, but like 80, 90% of the stuff on social media at times is coming from unqualified people and it's a lot of bullshit. So the more professionals we can get on some of these um, media platforms to be able to put out better information that's by an actual qualified person or credentialed or, you know, has a long tenured experience in with it, um, depending on what type of realm of nutrition that you do. I think it's definitely going to make a big impact, especially if more people are going towards these media platforms to get a majority of their, their information from. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because look, I mean, and I, you're right, and we've all seen it, and you know, you've seen, uh, um, you've seen someone for the wrong reasons become a an influencer. Okay, and those wrong reasons, you can make them up. Uh, um, uh, but it does not have anything to do with the expertise or knowledge that they have on a certain topic. And then all of a sudden, those influencers have a lot of influence, meaning they have a large following. And then they're, and then what's happening is they're then communicating things to their audience that they're being paid to communicate. So if I'm being paid to communicate something, it's not coming from truth, from authenticity. It's coming from money. 
And in a lot of cases, money can drive people to communicate anything. And yes, there's a world of advertising where people pay money and they advertise. But when you have a large, large following, I'm talking, you know, millions of people and that influencer is communicating a certain thing. If the person on the other end is not aware, they're not going to know that what that person is communicating, they're communicating because either they're being paid for it or there's some compensation. And then that person will go use it, whatever that product may be. And that product may be completely wrong for them, mm-hmm. like massively wrong for them. But in their mind, they're like, well, if so-and-so is talking about it, then I'm going to use it because I want to be like so-and-so. And the whole be like so-and-so is the part where all of this breaks down because I think society has driven this culture here in this country, particularly of people wanting to be like someone else. Um, And the be like someone else, all it does is it's a disservice to you because we're all unique beings. We all have these unique seeds of greatness, which I like to say. And uh, when we push that stuff down, it only is a disservice to us and it's a disservice to other people too. Because when you don't show up as your true self, people feel it all day long. The, the more followers you get or the more people that are going to listen to you, they're going to know if you're fake or not or authentic. Right. Like it's going to happen pretty quickly. And yeah. and if you are the individual that's fake or you are the individual that's just taking on sponsors just to make money, you know, you're probably going to get exposed pretty quickly. It doesn't take oh, right. very long now with obviously how quickly information flows to be able to be put in a position where you're going to get called out really fast. Yeah, um, right. I think that's another good point you made specifically with sponsorship is, again, don't just take on every single sponsor that you feel is going to get you some type of money, like truly vet the sponsors or the people that you're going to partner with to make sure that they're going to be something that you would specifically recommend as a practitioner that may help you, your audience, or in this case, you know, us working specifically now with, with athletes, um, being in a position that it's something that's going to be safe for them or certified and tested to be safe for them. Um, which a lot of times is forgotten. We just see the money signs. Yep. I'll jump on board. I'll mention your name and cool. We have a partnership, but if it doesn't coincide with your philosophy, you got to really make sure you're, you're making the right choices when it comes to that. Absolutely. That's exactly right. And, 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 uh, yeah, I, I think it's really important to, to, to think about that, you know, as you're, as you're building out these, you know, these individual businesses, which I, I, I firmly believe will, um, you know, I don't have the data on the, you know, sort of percent of people that are doing this, but I think this begins to really see a bit of a tipping point, probably in a five to seven year time frame. Mm-hmm. Now, how, how does all this correlate with athletics, whether it's high school, college, pro level? I mean, we're seeing more athletes sign sponsorships, NIL deals, you know, athletes in high school and college now are like millionaires. Um, you know, do you have any any information or anything you'd like to say and or what you're seeing from that and how that's transpiring so quickly over the last couple of years or how it may be shifting here going into the future? Yeah, listen, I, you know, um, you know, it's like a, it's like a, it can be catch 22, but I also think it's a beautiful thing in the sense of, um, you, you know, you know, these, these, these athletes are taking advantage of years and years and years and years of hard work 
um, and are beginning to, um, yeah, you know, monetize these opportunities. Now, look, in some cases, you know, kids who are, you know, monetizing can, you know, of course, like go in one direction or another. But um, in a lot of cases, you know, these, these, you know, I think when these kids, and in most cases, they are surrounded by people who can guide them and show them the way. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of support systems that do that, um, you know, creates, I, I think, op only opportunity. And I think it creates opportunity because A, there is so much monetization that happens with these athletes and around these athletes, you know, you think about teams and leagues and, you know, the type of money that these teams and leagues make, um, it really it's all, and it, none of it would happen without the kid, you know, without the players. Um, so, you know, that's why I think you're seeing these, you know, recently, I think I saw like a, I think it might've been a baseball contract. That was like a $300 million baseball contract. I think it was one of the largest, um, you know, professional sports, and, you know, the thought that I had was, you know, these things just continue to tick up in terms of 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 size. And the reason is because the the macro, the, you know, the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball, soccer all continue to grow. I mean, these are growing multi-billion dollar businesses. And so if that's occurring, then the employees the players should very much be compensated all the way down. And I think that's what's beginning to happen again at a macro level. You know, you're starting to see some, some, some chinks in the armor in the sense of things maybe not working how they should, you know, the NIL piece is, you know, people are like, what's that going to end up looking like over time where, you know, kids are beginning to get paid and more of that is happening and I think, like I said earlier, I think, look, it's all about, you know, support and support systems and these athletes being guided in the right way, um, which from what I've seen is happening. Um, but uh, yeah, broadly positive. I think the key thing there, like you said, is a couple of times is, is support, right? We, we see some athletes where one, they make a lot of money really early on in age, become entitled, expect certain things from from having that money and, and expecting certain things of the organization where they work in. But then you have like, again, you're, you're the other side where you have people that are making this money at a high school or college level and are giving back that to their communities, right? They're helping to support their families. They're, they're putting themselves in a position where, you know, they can have a long, healthy um, life for their, for themselves and their future families as well. But it's, it's getting the right professionals in front of them ahead of time now at the high school levels and having those individuals or professionals at the college level to be able to teach and educate them um, how to utilize that money, especially, for example, financial literacy, you know, having more individuals where we can teach the people how to invest, how to save their money, how to appropriately spend it on a weekly, monthly basis. So you're not blowing it at all in a year. And then all of a sudden you're back to square one that you were where when you were 16 years old and, and now you're 30 and you're flat broke. Right. That's right. So, I think the more professionals we can put in these settings, which I think that'll be another growing, <laughs> growing profession, just because sports is not going to go anywhere anytime soon. Um, we're definitely going to need to have that for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, kind of last question to wrap up. What is maybe one or two things that maybe block or stop people from being able to 
grow their content and community and, and being able to monetize? Like what, what usually are, are things that prevent people from getting to that point or make them want to not move forward? Yeah. So I think two things, I think, uh, I think, you know, one, uh, kind of biggest and broadest is, uh, um, this level of fear, uh, around putting themselves out there, uh, communicating out what's in them. Um, and, you know, look, he, he, here's an interesting quote, um, you are either your own marketing plan or you're, you are either your own marketing funnel or you are in a marketing funnel. So let me say that again. You are either your own marketing funnel. You're either creating your own marketing in the world because now all the tools are there mm -hmm. or you are in someone else's funnel. And it's basically your choice. And, you know, so, so all that has to do with fear, mindset, uh, what is your expertise? What is your seat of greatness? Which all leads to like, do you know who you are? I mean, can you, you know, can you come and speak confidently about these things um, to teach other people? And by the way, to help other people, like, you got to be in the mindset, in my opinion, of helping other people. Because if you're in the mindset of take, 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 it, it just doesn't work. Um, uh, now, so that's that's kind of number one is the mindset fear piece. Um, and then the number two is like, like, how do I do it? It's like, what's the what's the formula? How do I actually do this? Um, you know, what's step one, two, three, four, five? Um, to get to where I want to go? How do I get really clear about my goals? How do I get really clear about how to achieve those goals? How do I get really clear about what am I talking about today? Um, uh, you know, and then just kind of becoming, you know, it's like for a while, and I used to have this thought too, it's like becoming one with these tools that are out there. This is not about vanity. This is not about, you know, hey world, look at me. This is about you building uh, your own thing for the future. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't have to happen today for the future. So in 12 months, in six months, 12 months, 18 months, you can have a business that's your own, that is you teaching people the unique skills that you have so they can better their lives. And at the end of the day, that's what this, whole medium is about in my opinion if it's done the right way and and i 100 percent agree that you need a support cast i mean for myself probably yourself every job you've had every job i've had i've had a mentor i've had at least one or two people within that company or university or place that i've been to that i've learned something from got a tool that's helped me carry over to the next position or the next place i was going to be so i can continue to keep being more and more successful going from there um, and I really like the point you made about mindset. Again, that can really go over to really any job, any profession that you think about, right? If you look at nutrition, you make the choice every single day, whether you want to sleep and get eight to 10 hours to sleep, whether you're hydrating all throughout the day, whether you're eating breakfast, lunch, and dinner, your snacks, right? Like you're getting up and you're making those choices every day. So do you have the mindset to do that and be consistent with it? Or do you have behaviors that you've acquired over a long period of time that are challenging that you fear or you don't want to get over, you don't want to change, 
which is putting right. in position while you're not getting from point A to point B and you're just talking about it. That's right. But Brent, really appreciate you having you on today. Uh, lots of fantastic tidbits in here that I think the viewers are definitely going to get something from. Um, if anybody wants to contact Brent, I will put his contact information down in the bio. If anyone wants to get at me, my YouTube channel, my Instagram, um, podcasts that I've done prior up to this point, you can go ahead and click on my link tree or copy and paste that into your browser. And I have all my links connected on to there. Again, appreciate it, Brent. Have an awesome day. Thanks, man. See you guys.